This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Today on What Chaos, the Sharks are champions. Jonathan Huberdeau finds a new low in Calgary. Should we be worried about the Devils? And Jack Campbell is the first moving piece in Edmonton. Subscribe everywhere you can. Chaos! Wednesday edition of what? Chaos. DJ Bean, Pete Blackburn. Pete, the Sharks are champions. The Oilers are probably sending their goalie to the AHL. Jonathan Huberdeau is not the happiest guy in the world right now. Miles Wood is out of control. But let us start with the 2023 game champions, San Jose Sharks. The Sharks are fucking canceled, man. Why? That's all. That's my only takeaway. The Sharks are canceled because all you had to do was lose one more game and you immediately become one of the most interesting teams in the NHL. You set a record for the worst start in modern history for an NHL team and you set up one of the best uh, tank bowls, shitty uh, 31 versus 32 matchups that we could ever envision in early November. And they fucking beat the Flyers. I have good news for you. They still will play in a 31 versus 32 matchup because they suck that bad. They've got but three points on the season. They are still safely, comfortably in 32nd. But now, if they win this 31-32 matchup that I'm sure we'll continue to preview the bejesus out of the next yes. two days then suddenly they're tied with the oilers and they push the oilers into last that year. is the uh the the silver lining here is that uh you know the the result if they beat the oilers on thursday it will tie them with the oilers like i think that's that's like the silver lining but still getting your first win against the oilers would be so much funnier and it would be just like the ideal result for somebody who just likes the, why do you pronounce that that word? Schadenfreude. 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 You know that uh, my friend Luke Bonner taught me this. I'm not allowed to judge you for asking how to pronounce something. It just means that you've read it. I've read it for sure. Yeah, and I and I well love read. that word, and I and I love that uh, that act. Why speak in here when that's, you can read? That's right. Bit of a bookworm over here, but like. The, the celebration and the memes and all the fun that would have been had if the Sharks' first win came against the Oilers would have been the biggest party that the first half of the NHL season has ever seen. And instead, you beat the fucking Oilers, uh, you beat the fucking Flyers, and who cares? It's That's such a boring result. The Flyers are bad. It, like, I, it just bums me out so bad that we can't go into Thursday with, like, the, the anticipation that that would be their first win. I do, I do agree would have it would have set up the Oilers and Sharks for a crazier matchup Thursday but by and large especially as it relates to the Oilers like ain't a damn thing changed if you play the Sharks and lose to them shit still has hit the fan like I don't think we'll talk about how how this game went for Philadelphia in a second but like I don't think if the Oilers lose to the Sharks on on Wednesday Thursday they're like Hey, whatever, man. They're hot. <laughs> They'll be like, fuck, we shouldn't have lost them. We have a quote graphic, by the way, from uh, Pete's experience watching the game. Which, oh, there it is. <laughs> that made the rounds. Connor Bedard on the show yesterday, if you didn't hear it, check it out. The uh, quote of Connor Bedard saying, I remember crying for a week. That sucked. Regarding the, uh, regarding the Bruins beating his uh, his Canucks back That's in the right. day. I, uh, I was crying. I'm still crying. Although, you're right, Thursday's game still does have some juice in it. Um, I, I, I was previously planning to dub it. I guess I can still dub it the oil shark bowl. Okay. The oil shark bowl, um, 
is uh, an awesome name, I, I believe. So much so that I went to chat GPT mm, and generated my first AI images. I think Sean has those. There it is. There's the, the oil shark bowl. It is a shark coming out of a toilet full of oil. So you said, as you said, oil shark before this lovely thing came on my screen in front of my face, I thought the oil sharks sounds like such like a hard team name. Oh yeah. That's like dope shit. It is right. If the you're oil like, sharks. oh man, we got to go to Bakersfield and play the oil sharks. Now, uh, is there a better like combination of two teams? Like I'm trying to think. Oh, of that's a good question. Oh, that's yes, a great we're... question. Ah, oh, fuck, man. We'll leave that. We should leave that up to the whatnuts to yeah. find <laughs> out what the uh, what the best, the best combination, combination of two uh, two. NHL team names what nuts, would be. Tweet in and Instagram in, TikTok in your answers. You're right, on. though. The oil sharks, like, not only are you dealing with a shark, which is terrifying to begin with, you're dealing with a shark that has survived oil in the water I think and is coming out just covered in oil. Any element. It's got to be motor oil type oil, though, shark. and not like, not like body oil. Or no, it's not like vegetable oil. oil. <laughs> right. No. It's like significantly canola, less terrifying. No, like canola oil sharks aren't happening. <laughs> I think that basically any, and I don't know if oil like qualifies as an element, but you know what I mean? Basically any sort of element plus sharks is fucking dope. That's true. Like uh, the candy sharks. Yeah, I still plan on using the that the image of the oil or the shark coming out of the toilet full of oil. But uh, I also generated some images of how I felt about last night's result with the Sharks beating the Flyers. So, yeah. And it's uh, a shark with a trophy just surrounded by angry people yelling. Well, now, it. what was your prompt? Uh, it was shark celebrating a win while crowd, while mob of angry people yell at it. Okay, I could see that. I, I, I'm finding that uh, chat GPT has like two ideas for sharks. It's either that one cartoon shark yeah. or it's this very, very scary shark that I had cooking things last night. Uh, the sharks did play a good game though. And like they, the, the, the Flyers mm. had a million shots on goal, but like a lot of them were empty calories. Mackenzie Blackwood was awesome. I thought he made a, a sick save. Second, third period on a two-on-one on Farabee. And I was like, is this sustainable? No. Are they going to win a bunch of games? No. But like for a second, I had a little don't let the Sharks get hot. I'll be honest with you. I didn't pay too close attention to that game. Like I couldn't bring myself to do it. I was monitoring it for sure. But I, I texted you this last night. Like it breaks my heart that I'm so invested in so many West Coast teams to start the season because like I just don't have the energy to pay attention to like four, four teams or three games at 1030 p.m. Uh, but last night I was all over Ducks Penguins, which the Ducks winning streak came to an end last night mm -hmm. against Penguins. They were blanked. Uh, very unfortunate. Hate to see it. The Ducks are, I'm, I'm fully on like the Ducks bandwagon to start this year. So, uh, that was on one of my TVs. And then of course had to have, uh, the other game, which was, uh, was it Devils, uh, Devils Avalanche late last night. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I had those two running full time. It feels to me like the East Coast games are kind of like the appetizer. For it sure. definitely did last night. Like I was watching Red Wings, uh, Red Wings Rangers, and watching Jonathan Quick just throw it back. Oh, that was a fun game. The Red Wings almost sort of kind of came back in that game. But mm -hmm. all I could think about while I was watching that first game was like, get me to 1038, get me to ESPN+. Plus. I was making sure that my TVs were properly learned on the ESPN Plus. Didn't yeah. want any fucking surprises when I tried to see puck drop for that Sharks game. Well, I'll tell you what. Get me to 10.30 p.m. on uh, Thursday night, tomorrow night, because that is going to be the biggest game of the year. Uh, Sharks Oilers still has some juice in it, like you said. Uh, my question to you is uh, Jay Woodcroft definitely gets fired if they lose that game, right? Still, yes, yes, exactly. And that's why I say any damn thing changed. Like, if they lose to the Sharks... They're still toast, and they kind of might be toast uh, anyway. They waived Jack Campbell, mm -hmm. uh, which, as we're doing this show live, we're not going to know the results of the waiver process, but here's a little magic. He doesn't get claimed. <laughs> right. uh, he's yeah. uh, in the second year 
of a five-year, $25 million contract. And there we knew that there had to be some reaction to the Vancouver game. Mm -hmm. If they were going to fire Jay Woodcroft, we would have heard about it by now. And the backup goalie for that game ends up being the one who's punished because Stu Skinner started that game. It was fucking... Terrible. horrible yeah. i like Stu skinner I, and i hope he becomes a thing but like he just had a bad game he's having a bad season uh jack campbell has been having a bad tenure i was as an oil man myself in the playoffs last year yeah i was hoping for a little more run out of campbell when skinner was having some of his shaky moments but they had to do some sort of reaction so, and it's campbell right I, I think that this is the uh the precursor to well, we tried something before firing the coach because I don't think you can go straight to firing the coach, especially with Woodcroft having some success over the past couple of years with that team. Um, but yeah, this definitely had the has the makings of we we tried something, and I feel bad for both of those guys. Like obviously, I feel bad for Jack Campbell. It's it just it, that that just hasn't gotten off the ground uh, in Edmonton for him, and you know I'm sure he's feeling terrible. Um, I also feel bad for Stu Skinner though because now. He lost his kind of like partner in Battery misery. <laughs> yeah, and and now like the Oilers are for sure turning to to Skinner to be like, it's all you, buddy. And you know he's been bad, but also the play in front of him has been bad. It, like the goaltending has been the biggest problem. It hasn't been the only problem. So you say that now it ends up kind of being the Skinner show. I don't know if it does, and I'm not going to acknowledge hypothetical fun trades that were put out there in the Twitter sphere, which are always fun. I like seeing those things and weighing in on, like, would this make sense? Who would win this trade sort of thing? I think the Oilers are still going to try to do something in net. The word is they'll probably call up Calvin Picard from uh, the AHL. and That he, ought to do it. He's 31 years old. He was the Avalanche starting goalie once upon a time, 2016-17. He started 50 games. Wasn't very impressive. Nope. Has kind of been a backup and or AHL guy since. This is exactly what I was talking about the other day when I said the goalies are a rando journeyman, like 29 to 33-year-old goalie away from being the Vegas Golden Knights last year. So is, is Picard the guy? I, your fucking guess is as good as mine. We the the beauty in the the randomness of goaltending is that we don't know. Like if 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 we were able to sit here and be like, that's the guy. It's not exciting when he becomes the guy. So if we are the first uh, podcast in hockey people discussing him potentially being the guy, which is exciting for us. I was discussing him be being the guy before I knew that he was in the organization. You didn't have a name to it though. Didn't have a name for it, but I gave I gave. The hockey podcast listener, the chat GPT prompt, right. and it was generating image the last couple of days. You're just like, give me a goalie who could potentially save the Oilers, and I don't care who it is. And chat GPT was, how about Calvin Picard? I think it's Calvin Picard until it's not Calvin Picard. I will say, fucking sign Braden Holtby or like call up Tuca or like get do something like that. And I know that Holtby really kind of took a a, a, sh a sharp downturn from being one of the great goalies in the league. And Tuca is a retired person. Yeah. But like do some shit like that. Just throw some fucking darts, have the top of the roster. Keep playing. I have a name well. for you. It, I don't know if it'll, it, I don't know if it would work or make sense, but like how about Dan Vladar? Dan Vladar from Calgary. Yeah. Uh, formerly a Boston Bruin. Great. Yep. Uh, like two million bucks in Calgary. Everybody probably wants to get the hell out of Calgary at this point. Mm -hmm. Big boy. Yeah, like I, I, he's been good in in stretches over the course of his career. Never been more than really like uh, the the second guy in rotation. But what an opportunity for for uh, for Dan Vladar. Uh, what happens with Jack Campbell other than he gets sent to the AHL? Because as I said, he's in the second year of a five year, twenty five million dollar contract, average annual value of $5 million, even if they trade him, even if they try to trade him and retain half, mm -hmm. I think you probably have to staple a draft pick to that still because do you want Jack Campbell for four years at $2.5 million right now if you're another team? I think that's more of like a, 
we'll take him on if you give us something. Yeah, I think that's the case too. And I mean, what happens with Jack Campbell, I would imagine at some point he gets back to the to Edmonton um, just because you can only bury a million and a half mm-hmm. uh, on the cap in the AHL. So like they're going to be paying him regardless. So, uh, you know, I, I think this is a good opportunity for a reset and maybe take take a little bit of pressure off him. I think they're going to need him at some point. I also think that he can return to being serviceable. Right. We hated that contract the second it was signed. But, like, you know how goalies are? Like, in a couple of years, maybe Jack Campbell is being talked about the way that we're glowingly talking about Calvin Picard. That's right. I'm just like, oh, man, anybody could have had Jack Campbell, and he ends up being a a, a stud. Maybe his time will come. It's obviously right, not right now. For the Oilers, but they need to do something, and uh, he ends up being the guy. I do want to get back to the uh, Sharks, and I know that we were t- previewing Sharks and Oilers. How do you feel right now if you're the Philadelphia Flyers losing that game? What's Torts screaming to his players after that game? Uh, probably screaming like, you know, I I don't know. Like I think he he could say like process was there, results weren't. I don't think he's screaming at that team. It's it's not a that's not a good team. So like losing to the Sharks, yeah, tough look. You don't want to be the team that gives them their first win. But like I I don't think that you're really like lighting the Flyers on fire uh today. I think that they had a holy shit we're about to lose to the Sharks third period though. They did have and, a push, yeah. yeah. And and they kind of again, like it's one of those situations, not a good look, but you know, they they made a push in the third period, came up short. It's uh, it's embarrassing, but like I think there are going to be plenty more embarrassing moments for the Philadelphia Flyers this season. They've lost five of six games, so you could ask the Flyers after that game. It was a tough loss, but what positives could be taken mm-hmm. out of it? Like them being like we rocked for a period is honestly better than a lot of what they've been uh, doing recently. So times not so good in Philadelphia times. Great in the sharks. They're one of the hottest teams in the NHL right Mm -hmm. now, winning at an unprecedented, unprecedented pace for them going into a monumental matchup against the Oilers. And I'll tell you what has been a monumental change to my life, Peter. What's that? Sucking down that Olipop. Oh yeah, brother. It is a prebiotic soda that comes in amazing flavors. Yesterday, you and I were having a lemon lime off. It's all anybody could talk about in the hockey community. They said, look at those dueling boys go with their lemon limes. Are you uh, down back to one Olipop a day? One Olipop a day for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just because I want to save the stash that we have here in the studio mm-hmm. not out of like i can only do one olipop a day i do regret uh i grabbed cream soda again today but if i had grabbed the lemon lime it would have matched my my sweatshirt so yes that the was lemon a mistake lime on my part is very very tasty sean uh sucked down a grape yesterday and just was absolutely raving about it i think today is my day that i get into the strawberry vanilla Ooh, i think i dip into big it big day for deej because let me tell you, a little peek behind the curtain. As this show has been getting off the ground, I, yesterday it dawned on me to apologize to Sean. Hey, Pete and I have kind of been living off of coffee and carbs the last couple of weeks as we've been getting this show going, and we've kind of forced that diet on you as <laughs> right. a result. So I've been trying to settle back into things that I know make me feel good, make me regular, et cetera, et cetera, and Really, for the better part of a year now, that's what Olipop has been for me. When I'm going right and I'm feeling good, Olipop is in the mix because it's delicious, tastes amazing. It's low in sugar, as I said, under five grams. It has a vast variety of delicious flavors. You got the cream soda, you got the classic cola, you got grape, you got lemon lime, you got strawberry vanilla. What more could you possibly want? And really... It goes well with everything I eat. Last night I had a salad and a uh, Olipop. Look at you. It was it was a very beacon of health over here. It was very very nice. I haven't gone to the gym in like a month, and it, I'm feeling terrible. I'm eating terrible, but I can at least feel good that I'm uh, I'm putting some Olipop in my body once a day. I thought about doing the iPad ESPN Plus light bike at the gym yesterday, but instead I didn't do that, and I just watched the hockey. Checked out Twitter, posted a few clips, got ready for the show. I want you to get ready for your life to change. And that's by using the code chaos for 
20 look at him he did off it. your next olipop order on drinkolipop.com. olipop can also be found in over 22,000 stores across the country including walmart target and whole foods another thing i wanted to hit with you peter is that in watching all the games last night we saw a little different broadcast from tnt because chelios has moved from espn to tnt it is no secret, we've not discussed this on the podcast, but if anybody follows us anywhere, we both rave about the TNT product. How can you not? The ESPN it's product so good fun. too, but like the TNT product, amazing. Yeah. No, no. It, <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah. Well, I don't want to be mean to, there's one superior product for sure. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. They, they do it differently. Yes. And the way that TNT does it TNT is more in line with their basketball coverage. And T- TNT is more our vibe, clearly. Like, we want to have fun with yeah. and be a little goofy, not take ourselves so seriously. So Shout out Greg, Emily, Megan, everybody yeah. at ESPN. The TNT, well, we're, we're just talking about TNT right now. That's right. That's right. Uh, Liam is my best friend. He's my, uh, he's my father. So uh, I am a Nepo baby. Love my guy, <laughs> Liam McHugh. Biz, I love that guy to death. Uh, just they have so much fun on that show, and you can tell. And it's exactly what we wanted when uh, when TNT got the rights. We were like, okay, if they can produce anything close to inside the NBA, it is going to be huge for hockey. And it has been. It was very jarring to see Chelios uh, on that panel, just based off of like, wait, what the? Because I, I I feel like I I saw the news that he was moving over there this off season. But I must have forgot it. I don't think really was that. I, I didn't even see that. I knew that I thought ESPN so. that uh, he was part of uh, some changes at ESPN, so I knew that he was done there. I didn't uh, know that he was gonna get over there. Saw him pop up on on the panel last night, and sent you immediately sent you a text. Was like, what the hell's going on here? I, there was some buzz yesterday throughout the day of like Chelios coming over here, and I don't want to like. Maybe this will make certain people feel weird, but like I was so happy for Liam McHugh when he got put in this position at TNT because I mean he's been great everywhere he's been, but like this is a TNT is with with the supporting cast. I was like he's going to thrive there. Yeah. He's basically going to be kind of like the ringleader of this super fun group, and obviously he can do. He has every club in his bag. Right. He could do like the straight thing. He could do the more kind of like freewheeling thing. And with the group of players that he has, he just fucking runs shit over there. I wondered if Chelios going from ESPN, which is a, a little more of the kind of straightforward thing, to TNT, where it's kind of a pirate ship, would bring out more in him. And I thought he was good last night. I thought he was okay. I think he has room room to get better. Um, and I, I, it probably will come with time. I mean, we've seen, we have seen TNT really kind of chip away at, at freeing guys up. I mean, think back to what Gretzky was like on his first show on yeah. TNT. He was bad. Like he didn't bring anything to the table other than being Wayne Gretzky. And that was really the only club that they had in their bag with, with him. They were like, we got Wayne Gretzky. Now I think he's awesome on that panel. Oh yeah, and he's, yeah. He's really good. This will be like my stomach hurts, and Gretzky <laughs> will be like, "I used to eat 400 boxes of pizza before games," and it was like, "Holy <laughs> shit, you used to eat 400 boxes of pizza?" But like, it's fucking real, right? And then you like call Biz a pussy, <laughs> and so like, it's clear like they all have fun. I think Chalios will kind of open himself up to that. Uh, it was a little rough at points last night, but I, I mean, you're right though on the Liam front, where at NBC it was more kind of like. I guess both jobs for Liam have been like he's the babysitter and he has to like keep things on on the rails. But at NBC, he was he was kind of it wasn't the the fun babysitter job that it is at TNT. Like and Liam has the personality to do both things, which is mix it up with with these goofballs, but also be the the consummate professional who gets the job done and sticks them you know to the to the rundown that they have. And he's he's the best at it. I love that guy. Yeah, and I like as a whatever we do as a broadcaster and things like that. Like I like will geek out over certain people who do certain things well like i love talk i know nothing about play-by-play but i love talking to play-by-play guys about other play-by-play guys like you get jack edwards Mm -hmm. going on um uh, why can't i think of the uh espn broadcaster 
Which one? Uh, there's there's a, a yeah, million. Play by play does uh, uh, Mike Tirico. Oh, Mike Tirico. Oh, like, that's right. You get like Jack Edwards going on yeah. Mike Tirico, and he's like, I don't understand how he does it. Like all these certain things. Like I watch Liam McHugh that way because he's dropped into a few different things, and he just like conquers them all. I'm a big MLS guy, so I watch him on Apple TV, and he's fucking great there too. But I think we. we both of us at this point, we consider ourselves fans more than media. Mm-hmm. Um, but like being in media, I think you you get get a greater appreciation of people who do it like a little bit differently, a little bit more freely, a little bit more naturally. And you know, we pick up on that stuff. Whereas like I, I think that maybe the average fan or viewer is just like, oh, this person's good at their job and doesn't necessarily recognize like the small things. Um, but like it is really impressive what TNT has been able to do in a short amount of time, just kind of like maximizing their product. You could tell from like the beginning of their second season mm-hmm. and they like, they got better over the course of the first season. But honestly, the reaction to their first couple of weeks, I remember their first season, kind of the reaction to like this show so far where like people that think like me and like fun shit were like, oh man, like this is like a little different than the type of stuff I saw. And that's honestly like all you want in the beginning. Just like the affirmation of like, it's a little different, but it seems genuine. You like that they're taking swings. Like it may not not nail it uh, every single time, may lead to some awkward moments, but they're taking swings and they're going to get better at doing it. Not on this show so far though. That's where I guess the comparisons end. We've Uh, had nothing but grand slams. That's true. Before we leave the broadcasting uh, topic, I got to mention, I was watching uh, the Penguins last night um, and God, it's so embarrassing Nesson, like just kind of reaching out and delivering the same graphics the Penguins broadcast. Uh, it's just like I, I, I. It drives me crazy. Just like the Fenway Sports Group, how they're kind of taking away character from. Like, I feel like every team broadcast should have its own individual personality. I agree, and like characteristics to it and like that's my big problem with Fenway Sports Group from a bigger pictures perspective too is that like it's becoming sort of like a chain restaurant where like they're diversifying their portfolio too much where it's like the the teams that they own are more assets than they are like like a like they're more than they're proud of owning that team you know far be it from LeBron James to have a chain restaurant that's true to him that's true. I was going to uh, drop, I was going to ma- uh, make reference to that chain restaurant, but mm-hmm. I would happily get into financial bed with them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Have you ever um, had, uh, have you ever had Blaze Pizza? I have not, no. Sean? Uh, I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah, I, yes, I definitely have. It's good. It is amazing. It's like a high end, have you ever had like a Celeste pizza? Yes. It's like a high end Celeste, Celeste pizza. Celeste pizza rocks, yeah. It's like if like Celeste pizza were like $16. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, just Nesson's using the same uh, broadcast packages for the Bruins games and the Penguins games. Uh, and if you're in the dark, Fenway Sports Group owns the Penguins and owns Nesson, which is the New England Sports Network. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just it's annoying. And like part of me, part of me wonders if Nesson or if the Fenway Sports Group bought the Penguins specifically just so they wouldn't have to swap out the Bruins colors on their <laughs> Nesson package and just slap it on the Penguins games because they have the same color scheme. But uh, I digress. That's enough. Thanks, enough LeBron. Trashing. Yeah, right. By the way, LeBron, part of that, uh, if anybody's <laughs> confused. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau benched for the third period last night in the Flames' comeback victory over the Predators. Shout out uh, Ryan O'Reilly played in that game is shit hitting the fan for the flames already. What do they do with Huberto who is in year one of an eight year contract with a 10 and a half million dollar cap hit. If you don't remember, he was the centerpiece. He and Mackenzie Weger of the uh, uh, Matthew Kachuk trade Mm -hmm. and signs this big extension. We all at the time were like, Good trade for the Flames. Yeah. Did that, like, got through that as best as they could. 
He has a bad first year, 55 points after having 115 points in his final year in Florida. Has a bad first year, but you could say whatever. Didn't like the coach. He's in it for the long haul here, and they're benching him however many entire, weeks into the season. Yeah, for the entire third period in a game that they won, by the way, which maybe so thing like, maybe, maybe the worst it worked. It worked yeah. right? Maybe the worst part of it is that it worked. Uh, but um, yeah, on the topic of like last year, I'm willing to to excuse it just because the vibes were so bad in Calgary last year that literally everybody wanted out this offseason. So I, I think that um, we can kind of throw that one away. It, the fact that it's still not working and it's year one and they're tied into him and Nazem Kadri for $17.5 million through 2029. And Kadri has sucked too. Yeah, and it's and like it's just not it's not working in Calgary. And like you're saying, is shit hitting the fan already? I wouldn't even use the word already. It's just been hitting it the remains fan. On it the remains fan. on the fan because it was there all, all year last year. And like uh, we mentioned it last week, Noah Hannafin cut off his contract extension talks with the Flames just because he wants to see the direction of this franchise, where they're headed, which indicates, and I think this this uh, this talk started after they lost the Heritage Classic game, but there they is lost to the Oilers. Ew, right? <laughs> I know you have one. You have fifty. You are responsible for fifty percent of the Oilers' wins this season, which is tough. <laughs> Maybe the worst thing that you could say about an NHL franchise right now. Um, but yeah, like it, it does seem like the Flames are heading towards blowing it up. But the thing is, I just I don't even know what that looks like because they have they have nice pieces there. Like their roster isn't bad. We're only a couple years removed from this team being a lot of people's Stanley Cup picks, and they didn't change a whole lot. Yeah, well, I guess you, you know you lose Gaudreau, you lose Kachuk, but we were talking about at the beginning of last year, like the Kachuk trade seemed like a win for them because they got a great player in return. And they got a defenseman when they kind of they needed the uh, the help. Yeah. So like this roster should be way better. Uh, should be delivering a way better result. But it's just not. It's not working. Guys want out. Um. But I just I don't know what it looks like to blow that team up when you have seventeen and a half million dollars tied up in two players who are gonna be stuck there through like their mid to late thirties. Worth noting that Huberto has a. No move for the first six years of the contract. I don't imagine that could possibly be an issue. I think the issue with trading him, yeah. I think he would happily waive that. I think the issue would be who the fuck takes him on right. at $10.5 million. Nobody has cap space. And if you're Calgary, do you want to pay $5 million or whatever it is for the next eight, seven, eight years? Uh, just to get him off your roster. So if I'm Calgary and I'm trading him, I'm starting talks with teams as saying we'll eat $2 million. You could have Huberto for the next seven and a half years at eight and a half. $2 million, $2 million for the next like seven years is still really still shitty. awful, but he's got to be fucking miserable. We knew that he was miserable yeah. last year. And again, you could say it. That was the team. That was Sutter the coach. Problem, yeah. Sutter, he's gone. Okay, got a new guy. What's the fucking excuse now? And sometimes it just doesn't fucking work. We see a lot of times in other sports, guys will go sign a big year, uh, a big uh, contract, and after a year, trade him somewhere else. It ends up working out there, but... God, it, like, it, what are you giving up right. if you're another team to take that on? Uh, yeah, if Calgary does decide that they are going to blow it up, they become a really interesting seller because, again, they have players that will will be um, you know will be wanted, and they could help a lot of teams that need help this season if they start selling off pieces. I mean, you have Elias Lindholm, who was talked about over the over yeah. the, the summer. Um, he's still a pending UFA. Uh, Andrew Mangiapane has a year left after this one. He's like, oh, oh, oh somebody, <laughs> I'm going to cross-check somebody in the head. And then on the back end, Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev, and Nikita Zadorov, mm -hmm. all pending UFAs uh, heading into this summer. And I mean, even if you wanted to discuss the possibility of trading Rasmus Anderson, like a lot of players that could could be wanted. And then, I mean, even I, I don't know how how 
palatable it would be to help the Oilers, but like the Oilers would definitely be interested in some of those guys. You know what? Uh, my my most fun and sad fun fact about this Flames team is they're four seven and one, mm-hmm. uh, sixth in their division, and the only reason they're just sixth in their division is who else plays in their division? The Edmonton Oilers and. The San Jose Sharks. The San Jose Sharks. So the only reason they're only in sixth is because... Saved by the, the bowl. Two, what's that? Saved by the bowl. Exactly. They. The only reason they're only in sixth in their division is because the two worst teams in the league are in their division. I mean, that, that brings One up... One of whom has beaten them. That brings up a good point, too, that, like, the Flames and the Flames fans... Well, I guess not the Flames fans, because they're still dealing with it. But, like, the Flames have to f- feel very fortunate that... Uh, like almost every other team in Canada sucks ass as badly as they do right now because you've got the Oilers, you've got the Senators, you've got the Maple Leafs. Bite your tongue, no. I mean, the Maple Leafs are quote-unquote galvanized, but uh, there has been a whole lot of anger and animosity towards Canadian teams to start the season that like the flames kind of aren't even registering on a lot of people's national radar because they're just not as interesting as those other, those other teams and how badly they've been fucking up. Well, unfortunately they become interesting when you see a 10 and a half million dollars hanging his head That's true. on the bench. Like I feel like, the only attention they've gotten the last couple of years has been like honestly. Post- right. I mean, that's a good point. That like they won the game last night, but at what cost? Yeah, because now we're fucking talking about the Flames and how much they suck after a game in which they won. I mean, I'm sneaking that game into this show's rundown without that. Probably just to be like, hey, Ryan O'Reilly played a game that's last true. night. Yeah. Shout out to him, but. Otherwise, this is a Ryan O'Reilly podcast. It, it, it is a Ryan O'Reilly podcast. We, we're going to get him on at some point, and it's going to be magic. By the way, we have a, an awesome guest tomorrow. You're going to listen anyway, but uh, one, of the, one of the early season great stories is going to be on the show tomorrow. That's right, on one of my favorite teams to start this season. So. That's right. One of uh, someone who is actually big in our uh, season preview. True, yeah. Was mm-hmm. called out uh, by name. Uh, tonight, Pete, we find out if the Leafs are indeed galvanized. This is their first game post being galvanized. They host the Ottawa Senators in a matchup of, well, I guess for the Senators it kind of sucks because they're still going to hear uh, uh, booing because like Leafs fans will boo their team anyway, so they mm-hmm. can't escape it. But tonight we begin the process of post-galvanization this is like the toilet bowl before the toilet bowl um <laughs> i'm very interested to see uh because wh- i mean you know that no matter what happens in this game leafs versus senators there's going to be like an overreaction discourse yeah there's going to be overreaction discourse coming out so it's going to be chef's kiss uh yeah I-, I feel bad for um for brady kachuk Although we didn't mention this on the Brady Kachuk um, thing, and uh, I believe Elliot Friedman brought it up, which he, he was right on the money. Like, great move. We we all said that we loved Brady Kachuk coming, uh, stepping in front of the microphone and being like, yo, shut the fuck up. Stop booing us. We're yeah. trying our best. Um, Elliot Friedman said, like, that was a great move by him because it takes the, the, the heat off of DJ Smith. Because mm. if he didn't do that, DJ Smith would have been absolutely torched after that game and like dj smith is going to bear the brunt of all the senators struggles for better or for worse whether you think that's the 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 right discourse around their struggles but great move by brady kachuk i'm sure dj smith appreciated it well we'll have our eyes on that and uh you've got your eyes on the devils pete because you're feeling things aren't so good without jack hughes that's right this who would have thought this is the social the the new jersey devils Worse with without Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. Oh, Both didn't play last night. That's bait. That's bait. That is bait. Uh, the Devils, though, like, got to talk about it. They played the Avs last night. Lost. Uh, what was the final score of that game, Sean? Uh, like 5-3, 6-3, something like that. But the Devils made it a game because Ross Colton decided to fly off the handle and get himself ejected. 6-3, uh, final score. 6-3 yeah. with an empty netter. Yeah, Gross. So, uh, Ross Colton, by the way, just one of the most interesting five-minute spans that I've seen from any NHL player. 
so far this season. Scores a goal to give his team the lead. Boards Luke Hughes a few minutes later um, in a play which I mean we're not we're not talking about hits. It's not a hit talking podcast. But like the only the only hits we talk about are the podcast charts. That's right. Where we are and Tate McRae, number one uh, stream song in the world. We'll right talk now. about that in a second. Tate McRae. Um, yeah, Luke Hughes play with a little bit more effort, but also a bad hit by Ross Colton. Then Ross Colton turns around, cross checks Timo Meyer in the face and gets himself thrown out of the game. Uh, just a bizarre sequence of events for Colton. Uh, but the Devils did not look good uh, against the the Avs. I know the Avs are a good team, but it's a continuation of a problematic start for the Devils. And I know they're without Hughes. No, they're without Heashier. And you're going to struggle without two of your best players in the lineup, especially down the middle. But, man, they are 24th in the league in scoring mm-hmm. and defense, both in goals for, goals uh, goals allowed. Their goaltending is, I believe, 27th. Like, it just for a team that came into the season with a full head of steam, sky-high expectations, Jack Hughes starting off, uh, looking like a, a true legitimate heart candidate, which I think that he's capable of being that player. This start is concerning just with the lack of production at five on five. So are they like an Oilers to you where you take advantage of that they're in a bad way right now if you're a, a gambling person? Or do yeah. you think like... I mean, they're going to snap out of it at some point. Like their expected results are much better than than what they're getting. But while while they're banged up while they're without Hughes and while they're like complete power play merchants in terms of their offense, you can find good value in betting against the New Jersey devils until they snap out of it. Like it's just, it hasn't nearly been good enough. Uh, they last night, they, they didn't look good at all. Like I know the scoreline was close at, at several points, but again, they'd seven they had seven minutes of power play because mm-hmm. of Ross Colton just being, uh, a fucking idiot <laughs> in the second period. So uh, without that, they could have gotten embarrassed against Colorado and just a game in which they kind of needed to to show up, especially without Hughes and Heischer. If you haven't seen or heard the Connor Bedard interview, Connor Bedard and Kevin Korchinski, it's on our YouTube. It's also, if you're listening on the podcast, it's in uh, the Tuesday November 7th episode, those guys were great. We had a blast and we got a bunch of clips on social or whatever. Please, 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 if you haven't, subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe wherever you would get podcasts anyway, but we're trying to get those YouTube numbers fat. That helps us a lot. Uh, Three stars. I want to give Ryan O'Reilly a shout out. He bought a kid a guitar one time. People forget that. Uh, Anthony DeClaire, I need to say, I need to declare that Duclair looks so hot right now. Hot. Like hot. Hot. His he did a intermission interview and he's got the dreads, but he's got like an undercut thing going on right mm-hmm. now. He looks so good right now. And he's is playing well. But it, it helps he looks amazing. He, it helps that he's playing on the San Jose Sharks. Bad team, good uniforms. Uh people hated on the Sharks with their rebrand a couple of uh what was that? Before last season. With the all teal, uh, yeah. I had my my doubts about it, and I still think that the Sharks' uniforms are best when they incorporate the silver or the gray, um, and I would like to see them do that at some point. But these Sharks' uniforms are really good and w- way better than the ones that they were wearing for a long time. I meant to say, by the way, I bet on the Sharks to win. I, I had the Sharks winning last night. I did a same-game parlay where initially I did Sharks' money line, and Anthony Duclair to score. And then I did the Breaking Bad twins thing where the guy's about to kill Hank. And he says, no, muy fácil, meaning like too easy. Mm-hmm. And I switched uh, Duclair to Sturm so it didn't hit. Yeah, but way still, to go. <laughs> my heart was in the right place. That's how I gamble. Like I was kind of almost right, and I lost the bet. That's but I did have the Sharks Deej. winning that game. I did have the Sharks winning that game, and they did... I have them losing tomorrow to the Oilers, but we're that that's another conversation for another time. I also want to give a star to Tate McRae. I'm all in. And we really? we learned a, a lot in a short amount of time. There's uh there's our queen about this person, Canadian pop star, 
has a song called Greedy. I remember when Greedy came out, there was talk about how she... Not to be confused with Gritty. No. Who got knocked out by Sharky last night. Sharky disgusting display. Gritty. A disgusting display. Uh, the Sharks should have lost that game immediately once Sharky sucker punched Gritty. So uh, I'm going to file protest to the NHL. Mm. Sharks looking for their first win tomorrow against you, the Oilers. You seeing this, Department of Player Safety? That's yeah, right. I, yeah, we don't I, talk about hits except for that one. I watched the uh, We watched the music video that Tate McRae did uh, where she's on a Zamboni that people were talking about back in the day. And that song, Greedy, has just been stuck in my head. And I ain't the only one because it's tearing up the charts on Spotify. Number one on Spotify. It's no. beating Taylor Swift. Crazy. Uh, we still, for real, might have Tate McRae on the show. Uh, she's a social media superstar, too. Has like a bajillion followers. Mm -hmm. This is a great ambassador for the game. And I'm just crazy about that song of hers. If she comes on this podcast, I can't wait to ask her, like, hey, are you... Are you ready to get embedded with the NHL and have them call you for every single thing that they want to do? Because once the NHL no. finds a, a celebrity that they love. She's already too cool. Yeah, but she also like seemingly loves hockey. So she might just do it to be like. What gave it away? Is it the, the fact that <laughs> she can't stop she wearing hockey equipment? I love that. She's also a, a jersey head. She, really? she loves jerseys. Jersey Shore? Yeah, she's yeah. a <laughs> Jersey right. Shore fan? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, no, she's she's a big jersey. She has a, she might be the only person in hockey with a better jersey collection than us. I wonder if... I bet like every team has given her a customized jersey. Yeah, I think, I think she's doing like a, a tour, and like every stop along the way, she gets a, a jersey from, from that market. Trivia question. Who did that while opening for Taylor Swift? On uh, Camilla Cabello. Camilla Cabello wore a football jersey of every stadium in mm -hmm. which she played i hate that pandering uh other trivia question she was the second of three on that bill who was the first opener charlie xcx charlie xcx you're asking me these questions show. like i wasn't there having the best time of my life I, you could have forgotten <laughs> i mean that was a that was a great show uh anymore oh man yeah. i ended up having three stars for the three stars that was what a loser never the plan I, I always wanted to be different numbers do you have any i do uh matt Tompkins won a game for the tampa bay lightning last night 29 year old goaltender 4154 days after he was selected in the seventh round of the NHL draft in 2012. Wow. I love those kinds of stories where it just takes a guy forever to get to the NHL and kind of like start, start chipping away. It gives us hope. That's right. <laughs> it could be us. It's not about how fast Stay you get tuned. there. It's not about what's waiting on the other side. Stay tuned for next week's segment in which we try to make the NHL. Yes, exactly. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to uh, to Sean. Second time of naming him as one of my stars. Why? That's right, because he got uh, he's officially a resident of Boston now. Hey, he moved into his apartment yesterday. Yes. Uh, it's just like I I keep bringing up to DJ like how how horrible your life must be for like the oh, last two weeks. It fucking sucks. <laughs> you meddle and DJ. have to do a bunch of shit. Yeah. Live with DJ for a couple days. Uh, you're driving back to Buffalo like every two days, yeah. every weekend. You're, you've been uh, removed from your cat for like a month at this point. The worst part of all. So of this for sure. I got to say, I'm going to give myself a star. Sean, I was a good host, oh, right? A, ter a terrific host. I was like a really good yes, host. Yes, very comfortable couch. Had waters laid out for me, everything. Yeah, I did something terrific. like, I was like, okay, if I'm arriving at this person's place that I've only known for a little bit, but they seem nice. What am I expecting there to be? And I was like, what amenities do I have within reach? I was expecting a pillow and a blanket. That's all I needed. And you went above and beyond. Did you say you're, wow. you're my star? Wow. Yes, I did. I get yeah, you're a couch surfer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was comfortable. Couch. It was comfortable. Okay. Yeah. It I was, was jealous, though. Like, I was, when we were like, show planning this week, uh, I was sending texts to DJ, and DJ was like, yeah, uh, me and me and Sean already discussed that. We're watching the game together right now, and I was like, "What the fuck? Damn it!" I'm, I, I had such bad FOMO. There was a lot of good bonding there. I also lightly felt bad that uh, I do have an extra bedroom that is <laughs> a, right. that I use as a musical playground. It's the coolest room in the world. I got pianos and guitars and everything. It's also like the cleanest room I have. 
my favorite part is uh, no is place that, to sleep though. My my favorite part is that you had uh, you've had that apartment for a while, and I think for a while that that extra bedroom was like was open, and you were undecided what you were gonna do with it. And then at some point you're like, when the fuck am I ever gonna have guests? I'll just make this my playroom and my music room. Oh no, no, I always have like music stuff in there, but uh, I it might have taken me a little while. But to did you fully commit, commit to, it? to yeah. like? Hey, like I got something really. I also sometimes make it like a Thursday night football room. I'll just like toss a TV in there. If I have any stuff that I need to do work wise, it's a fun little room. Sorry you couldn't go in it, Sean. It's just you're not a guitar or I'm a not, piano. Uh, listen to the DNVR oh, that's show, right. by the way, the uh, Avalanche show. They have Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg today. Today, yeah. If you don't know who they are, boy, they had. They had really cool careers playing hockey in the NHL, actually. Yes, and Joe Sackick, famously still relevant in today's NHL. Why? What, what, what does he do? He has a job. Does he podcast? Yeah, he's a podcaster. Whoa. He's got a job. Uh, yeah, check that out on the DNVR feed. They've got uh, Sackick and Forsberg. Only three games tonight, but two of which I am very interested in. We already talked about the Tank Bowl before the Tank Bowl. <laughs> that one's going to be uh, for sure on the radar. And then... The Kings versus Golden Knights should be a good game, too. Yes. Because those two teams, I think, are two of the better in the Western Conference. Obviously, the Golden Knights have been awesome to start the season. Still hoping to see a little bit more from the Kings. But those two, and I would just, I don't know. Uh, no, I, I'm guessing uh, Panthers-Capitals is the national game in the United States tonight before that one. But that's the late, uh, LA Kings and Golden Knights is the late game. and. Definitely tune in to Senators versus Maple Leafs because we're going to be talking about that tomorrow uh, as we preview the uh, the main event. If you haven't smashed subscribe wherever you're listening, do it. Give us the five stars. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Instagram. Share those reels. You are sharing them at an amazing rate. We're very happy about that. Uh, keep this thing going. We got over 1,000 subscribers on YouTube uh, yesterday. Keep inflating those numbers. We want the YouTube uh, the YouTube subs. So if you're not subscribed on YouTube yet, go do that. And then podcast feeds. Also, we had a little bit of a hang-up uh, yesterday on Spotify. It was Spotify's fault that the uh, that the episode didn't get up until later. We're going to make sure that those... We're going to like fight Spotify and make sure that those get, get up a little bit earlier. So, uh, yeah, subscribe there as well and wherever you can. Just hit all the buttons. Yeah, we will be back tomorrow with another very special NHL superstar guest. We are not slowing down. It's What Chaos. We'll talk to you tomorrow.